0: Welcome to this week's episode of Metaspiritual Talk on the Metaspiritualist podcast. I'm your host, Marla, and through today's journey, we'll be speaking with Regina Ross Thomas, owner and operator of Regina's Beauty Boutique. Regina is a certified sister lock consultant and loctician located in Southern California. She also has an associate's degree in biblical studies and a bachelor's in leadership ministry. Regina's Beauty Boutique is a fashionable and beautiful solution. It aims to empower women to love themselves and their hair as nature planned it. Her goal is to continue to spread the gospel of God's grace and mercy by letting people know that you can't be God-given. Take a listen. The Metaspiritualist is guided by the creator of the universe through prayer, meditation, and sound healing. Hey, Regina, how are you? Great, Marla. Thank you for inviting me to do your podcast. Oh, no, this is amazing. Um, you're, you're here in studio. How do you feel? Nervous. You're nervous? Don't this be is, nervous. This is the first time I've ever done a podcast before. Oh, well, I, I am so happy to break you in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started. So, um, you know, I'm so happy that you actually... Um, answered the call to appear on on the podcast, you know, you have a background with your Bible college. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your spiritual journey and what led you to enter a program to study more in depth of the Bible. Okay. So um,
1: my name is Regina Thomas and I actually grew up Catholic. So I've been in the church my entire life, but um, when I was sitting in church, after I made my confirmation at 16, I just felt like there was more to God than than this, and Mm -hmm. I used to pray and ask God, you know, there's got to be more to you than this, Mm -hmm. and I just went out searching. So when I turned 18, I left the Catholic church, and I went to every church I could find, anybody at work. I just said, what church do you go to? And I went to their church. So, I visited several churches, and um, I ended up at the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I joined that church because they read the Bible, and I just really wanted to understand the Bible more. Um, I was there for many years, probably 16 years, and then I I moved away, and I started searching for a church, and Mm -hmm. it was the first time in my life where... I actually prayed and asked God to tell me what church to go to. Usually, I just went to a church because I like their music,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or it was a friend's church. But this time, I sat in my car with the Bible at a park, and I said, Lord, you tell me what church to go to. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I did that, all of a sudden, the Rock Church in San Bernardino pulled up in vans. There was like four vans. One van jumped out, people. hmm Well, like a bus, and then the other van, they had stuff. Oh, wow. And they had tables, and they just, you could tell that they were just organized, and they did this all the time, because they just jumped out, pulled all their stuff out, set up on tables. All the homeless people and the people in the park knew that it was them, and they ran up to them and got food and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they they preached a little, and they said, we're going to come back on such and such a date, and we're going to bring toys this time, you know. Uh And then they packed up and left. And I was like, wow, they were efficient. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) They did a little preaching and they gave out food and stuff and clothes and blankets. And then they took off. Mm -hmm. And I I drove down the street towards home. And I just said, Lord, I need confirmation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want me to go to that church, let me know. And I was sitting at a light. And all of a sudden... One of those Rock Church buses pulled up pulled up in front of me in the intersection. And when they had to make a left-hand turn. Mm-hmm. So I was at my light. And in order for them to make a left-hand turn, you know, you have to wait for oncoming traffic. Right. So they pulled up and stopped right in front of me. Because mm-hmm. I was the first person in my lane. And it said, The Rock Church. And you were like, okay, this is my confirmation. <laughs> that was my confirmation. And I just had tears running down my eyes because God, you know, responds to you if you, if you pray. And I, and I just said, I need confirmation. Just mm-hmm. like two miles later, that was another one. Rock Bus Church, just mm-hmm. uh, Rock Church Bus, just sat there in front of me before they made their left hand turn. So then I just followed them up the street and I went home mm-hmm. and I started going to that church.
0: So when, when you started going to the church, what resonated with you as, you know, you would sit in service or were you going to Sunday school or, you know, did you get involved with ministries initially, like when you first started going there?
1: Actually no, I went there and um I went on Saturday because I was Seven Day Adventist, Mm -hmm. even though this is a non denominational church, they had Saturday service. So I went on Saturday and the pastor said, um he just said you know, he had his sermon and then he just said, and you don't have to go to church on Saturday. You can go on Sunday, you know, we worship the Lord every day kind of thing. And, um, and then I left and I remember him saying, um, you know, I I don't know what it was, but I just left and you know how you shake their hands at the door. Mm -hmm. I got to the door and I shook his hand and he looked at me and he said, I love you. Oh, wow. And I was like, boy, if this isn't
0: obvious, (laughs) (laughs) So you you felt that was like that was the icing on the cake of the confirmation, right? Right, cuz yeah. you know, I just felt like
1: this is where I was supposed to be because I would have never picked this church. Mm-hmm.
0: So how long how long were you going to the church before you decided to enter into the program
1: at the Bible College? Actually, I was I was in it right away. I I kept coming and the very next church service they said uh this is the last call for Bible college. Mm -hmm. They made the announcement in church and I had always wanted to go to Bible college. Mm -hmm. So they said last call for Bible college, you know, sign up right now. And I signed up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and from there, the rest is history. I went, I got my AA in, in biblical studies. Okay. And then, um, my bachelor's was, uh, through the Bible college, but through another Bible college, um, and it's a bachelor's in, in ministry, okay. leadership ministry.
0: So are you an ador- ordained minister? No, I've never gotten ordained. Okay. I just,
1: I got my bachelor's. And I thought about it, mm-hmm. but, um, and I probably will do it, but I didn't do it. Okay. Yeah.
0: So walk us to, through what your studies look like and, and how it expanded your knowledge of Christianity and then what are you into today? Like, what are your belief systems? Is it the same? Have you evolved to something else that makes more sense or may not make more sense? What Where are you right now? And how does that correlate to how you were in the program?
1: Well, I know the first thing that I realized when I got to my first class in Bible college was that Our knowledge is like if you just took a pencil and and put a dot on the wall, Mm -hmm. that's how much knowledge we have of God. You can learn for for your entire life and not know everything. Mm -hmm. But it's really about having a relationship with God. And Mm -hmm. so to me, what I learned is you don't really need to be a specific religion. Mm -hmm. You know, religions are man-made. What's important is that you have a relationship with God. And I use the example... My daughter, when she got to college, she was like telling me, Mom, you have to vote for Obama. And mm-hmm. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't even know who he was. And uh, her and her boyfriend, they named each other Michelle and, and Barack. <laughs> and, Barack. <laughs> and they were running around campaigning. Uh-huh. And I said, you cannot spend any money. They, they were buying signs for $30 and calling people. And oh they my. were just campaigning. Yeah. And um, I said, you can't. You're a broke college student. You can't be spending money on signs. And she's calling me, Mom, I put my sign out in the yard and somebody stole my sign. <laughs> and so I use the comparison that, that my daughter and her boyfriend worked very hard campaigning for Barack Obama for presidency. Mm-hmm. But, and they know all about him. Right. But he doesn't know who they are. And so, you know, his daughter... Like his daughter, Sasha, she can pick up the phone or cell phone and dial her dad and talk to him at any time. Right. But my daughter, he has no idea who she is. Right. So I compare that, you know, when I tell people, you have to be careful. When you get in the church, you're working in the church and you're doing all this stuff for the church, you know, because the pastor has his goals of, you know, paying off the $40,000 mortgage Mortgage. and, and all that stuff, but... God, you have to make sure you have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. that he knows who you are. Mm-hmm.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. when you die and go to heaven, you don't want him saying, I don't know you. And you're like, I did all this work. Right. <laughs> right. And he's like, I don't know you. So, so, you know, Bible college really helps you to do an about face to the Lord, back mm-hmm. to the Lord. Um, going to church and sitting through a service, it's it's not... The same as going to Bible college. Right. They really connect you.
0: With scripture and, and you know, alignment. you really
1: have a connection with the Lord. It was the first place I learned to speak in tongues.
0: Okay. So, um, you know what? A while back, I spoke with um, someone on a previous episode, Amber um, Drum Rule. And that episode, we talked about gospel music and and, and we touched on speaking in tongues. What is your interpretation of speaking in tongues, and how has that helped you with your spiritual life? Well, speaking in tongues is a gift. Mm -hmm. It's one of the gifts of
1: many gifts that God gives you. So it's a choice. And, you know, some people in Catholic Church and Seventh-day Adventist Church, they don't believe in speaking in tongues. So we don't, and I didn't learn about it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But um, it's, uh, I use another example of charging your cell phone. You mm-hmm. know, when you plug your cell phone into the wall and you can charge your cell phone and you get a full charge. And to me, that's like speaking in tongues, because when you speak in tongues, what happens is everything negative, you, it gives you the power to go throughout your day and things don't bother you. Somebody cuts you off mm-hmm. and you, you don't feel any anger, any animosity against them. You just feel love like, oh, poor guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's in a hurry and <laughs> you pray for him not to get in a, in a car crash, mm-hmm. you know, but it just puts you on a level of feeling so much love and, and just not letting things bother you. And that's a gift.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, I should speak in tongues more, but, but it's something that unless you do it, mm-hmm. you won't understand how, how wonderful you feel
0: when you speak, in when tongues. you speak in tongues. So after, Okay. After you learned about speaking in tongues and going through the program, you know, what has your spiritual walk or, you know, faith walk been like now? Well, you learn, you know, one of the classes
1: this is how to hear from God. Actually, it's my last class mm-hmm. in my bachelor's degree, how to hear from God, and you learn how to journal. Okay. So, um during the time there was a couple years where God actually spoke to me mm-hmm. and it didn't last long. It was just, you know, I just was just, I guess I was so connected during that time mm-hmm. because, um, and, and there are times when he'll, he'll speak to you. Um, what I learned to do was just, you learned to journal, you learn to write and you learn to not decide what you're going to write. You know, you might have a question, mm-hmm. like God, are you really real or something? You write down your question on your, on your pad of paper and you just go to bed and God used to speak to me at three o'clock in the morning.
2: Mm-hmm. That was just
1: my time where all of a sudden something would pop in my head and then I would just start writing mm-hmm. and I would write anything that came to mind. It's hard to explain, but you just start writing. You don't control what you're writing. Mm. You don't write what you want to write. You just start writing. Mm. And then after you're done, you read it and it's powerful. You know, wow.
0: that's interesting because I've, you know, as a writer myself, like I don't ever allow spirit to flow like that. Like mm-hmm. I've always been in control of the pen and where it goes and how it flows onto the paper. And so I've I've not had that experience yet of just journaling and, and allowing for the spirit to really flow and then going back and reviewing what what was interpreted to me through that right. process. So I've not experienced that before.
1: Oh, that is something. You have to experience it. And, it, and even like speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You know, it's like you you allow the spirit mm-hmm. to take over.
0: So did you, okay, because my mother, uh, my stepfather was Kojic, Church of God in Christ, mm-hmm. and they believe that you tarry, for the Holy Spirit in order to gain the gift of speaking in tongues. Is that something that you had to do? Well, it came in
1: speaking in tongues. Just, you know, I think it's different for everybody. Um, In Bible college, I had the benefit of them explaining Mm -hmm. that it was a gift and, you know, just explaining the whole process. And it comes to you like you have a language. Mm -hmm. And my, my friend next to me, Sound like she was speaking in Spanish, you know, and she didn't speak Spanish, but, but she had a different language than I had, and God just gives you words
2: mm-hmm.
1: and language, and it comes out sounding like, ya, sha, da, ba, da, 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 you know, uh-huh. like that, but you really don't have any control, because if you're in a classroom and everybody's doing it, you can hear that everybody sounds different, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but we pray first, you know, we invite the Holy Spirit in, and then everybody just, you just start babbling, but you... But you'll notice that at first you might just have one word like da, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And over time, because you're not controlling what you're saying. Yeah. And, and so basically what they believe is that the Lord is just, um, he's praying on your behalf. Because we don't know what to pray for or what to ask for. Right. And so he, he in the spirit, does it for you.
0: hmm So switching gears a little bit, um, you're an entrepreneur. You have Regina's Beauty Boutique mm-hmm. and you help women and empower women to love on their locks, their ha- their natural hair. Um, how have you infused your beliefs into your business and how you connect with other men and women when you're maintaining their hair?
1: Well, I've always, I grew up, I think my mom was pressing my hair at five years old mm-hmm. and then... She didn't know how to braid. She grew up with five brothers and her dad. So she, he would take her to the hairdresser, and she'd get her hair pressed. Mm-hmm. So from there, seventh grade, I was wearing a relaxer. So I literally, to the age of like 30, I was wearing a relaxer. Wow. And um, I ended up, I was married I, with two kids, and I ended up having a brain tumor. Make a long story short, my hair was falling out, and I just decided from that day on, I was not going to put any more chemicals or heat or anything in my hair. Mm-hmm. I was going to wear an Afro, and um, my friend, I had a friend who walked, she goes, I got to come over and show you my hair, and she comes over, and she's got sister locks, and I'm like, what is that? This was in the 80s, you know, when they first came out with sister locks, mm-hmm. Dr. Cornwell in San Diego, and um, like 88, 1988, and I loved it, and I said, well, I'm going to try sister locks, and then um, if it doesn't work, I'll just wear an Afro, mm-hmm. so I wore sister locks for 20 years. hmm and then during COVID, I combined them to make them thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but, but it feels so spiritual because it's, it, you're connecting with things that are natural.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you know. And for black people to wear their hair natural, that's something we just didn't do when I was coming up. Right, right. The closest we got to natural was in the summertime, we'd braid our hair to give the relaxer a break.
0: Yeah, now I remember um, my mom had an accident and had to have surgery on her wrist mm-hmm. when I was in the third grade, and because of you know the mobility issue in her wrist, she could no longer do my hair. So she started taking me to her hairdresser, and they used the just for me perm, uh-huh. and it jacked me up. I cannot tell you how bad my hair was falling out as a youngster. And then when I became old enough to do my own hair, it was just easier for me to just throw a a relaxer in it. Right. And when I was 26, 27 was when I decided, you know what, I'm done with the relaxer. Like, I want to know what my natural texture feels like. And my hair grew the longest it's ever been. And I kept trying to do different things with it. And then, you know, in 2018 I decided to come in and you installed my first locks. And I loved it, but I was very self-conscious about them. Right. And I don't I don't think it was time, but now this time around, I'm like, no, this is time. Like I'm enjoying the process and I do feel I feel freer and I do feel more connected spiritually to the source because I feel that that is where energy is flowing from the heavens down to me. That's how I feel. So, you know, when I want to back up a little bit because you said something, and we've talked about this numerous times, your brain tumor. What was that like in your life? And where did you feel God was in all of that?
1: Well, I remember... um... I was about thirty-two or thirty-three. My mm-hmm. kids were five and nine, and um, I was in a very stressful marriage, mm-hmm. very stressful. And I remember going to a psychiatrist, and for three years they put me on Paxil and Zoloft, which uh, I I think um, it just kind of makes you like an android, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, something like that is good for maybe. Initially, to get you from feeling so much anxiety, but it's not something that you really should stay on for three years. Yeah, and uh, I found out later on that, um, that that actually makes you feel like you want to have uh, it, makes you suicidal. Mm-hmm. And I never in my life was suicidal because I was a Christian, I never I didn't believe in suicide, mm-hmm. but I actually felt suicidal after taking it for three years. I didn't understand what was going on with my body or anything. And I was going to a psychiatrist, and they, they just weren't helping me. Mm-hmm. So one day, um, I started lactating, and that's when I, my husband was like, oh, you need to go to the medical doctor. And I went to the medical doctor, and they did tests, and I told them what was going on, and they told me I had a brain tumor.
0: Wow. You were lactating from your, your yeah, breast? Yeah, I started lactating,
1: and I wasn't pregnant. Oh, Wow. But what it was, was I had a, a tumor. They call it a microadenoma because it was like the size of a kidney bean. Mm-hmm. So it's micro versus macro. Um, and it sits on your pituitary gland. And women, their hormones are like in a string. And it just, it just starts to, as it grows bigger, it disconnects all these, this chain of hormones. So my body, because it was on my growth hormone, my pituitary gland, it was telling my body that I was pregnant. So I was gaining weight. Wow. So I was on Weight Watchers because I was like, why am I gaining weight? I'm gaining weight. And I was at an all-time high. Um, you know, I think I was like 135 when I was pregnant. Because mm-hmm. I was 120 when I got married and I was like 135 when I got pregnant. I hit 170. Wow. That's significant. Yeah. And I was starving because you're myself. Because
0: you're a petite woman. Yeah.
1: I'm only 5'3". <laughs> so I was starving myself. I was on Weight Watchers. I was scared to eat. Mm-hmm. I was continuing to gain weight. And the worst part about it, is I was actually buying maternity clothes because I looked pregnant. Mm-hmm. And But when the doctor said I had a, I had a brain tumor, then I started, you know, I thought I was going to die and going through all this stuff. And then they, they took tests and it was benign. So mm-hmm. it was just a matter of making a decision if I want to have it removed or take some kind of um, steroid to have it shrunk, Yeah. but uh, I did the research, and I decided to have the surgery and have it removed, so that was very emotional and scary, mm-hmm. um, but when you feel like you're going to die, your, your life changes, you start to think of things, things other... Material things aren't important. Right. Nothing's important. The only thing I wanted to do was raise my kids.
2: hmm.
1: And so. And my, they were so young when. Yeah, they were five and, and nine. hmm. So when I got in the hospital and I sat there for two weeks in ICU, and I had a lot of time to think because I couldn't read or watch TV or anything because, you know. If somebody goes in your head. You can't really watch TV afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: just sit there. <laughs> you think about everything, man. So, what was that time period like? You know, you were talking a lot to God. And- yeah, I was talking
1: to God, and um, the thing about when you talk to God, it's amazing because I thought before God started speaking to me. I thought, I don't know why, I just assumed that, you know, when you talk to God, he's going to help you with your problems. Mm -hmm. And he did help me with my problems. But when he spoke to me, he was directing me to do things for other people. Wow. And that was amazing. You know, I would go into, I remember going into the bank and there was a, a man that was sitting in new accounts and I went to the teller just to pay my mortgage payment and, uh, and, um, the, the guy was sitting there and, and I had some questions about it. So I asked him and then I left.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the next day at three o'clock in the morning, I heard his name
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it said, uh, it said his name, the Lord said his name. And he said, if you invite him to the men's conference, we were having a men's conference at our church, it will change his life. So... I went into the bank the next day and I gave him a flyer for the men's conference mm-hmm. and and he jumped out of his chair at the bank. Oh wow. He just flew up out of his chair. He was like shocked and he says, You're the second person that's given me this flyer in
0: today. So you were his confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> he got the he got the message and yeah. then here you come along. As confirmation that this is something that you need to attend. Right. And so
1: God was doing stuff like that, and I was freaking people out, and it was freaking me out mm-hmm. because when I'd go to work, well, actually, I wasn't working during that time, but later on, um, I would go places, and, and the Lord would tell me to – he would just tell me something, mm-hmm. and I would tell that person, and they were just like – they were scared of me. Wow. <laughs> they were scared of me. They were just like – you know, their reaction was like, oh, my gosh, she knows something about me, you know, that, you know. Yeah. It was weird. But um, but it was cool because I realized that God's trying to help other people, too. Right. Oh, you had the anointing all over you. Yeah. So he was sin. I, I was doing that for a while. I was kind of glad when it stopped because I was really freaking people out. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I really helped a lot, uh, a lot of people, you know, if they did what they were supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know. And even with my ex-husband, you know, I, the Lord told me to do things, sign things over, and, you know, and I didn't want to do it, mm-hmm. but I did it anyway. And then the Lord blessed me with buying a house and, and just he blessed my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I really felt like um, I would have missed out had I just said no to not giving up the things that I was supposed to give up that he told me to give up and right and everything. I just listened to God and it was really wonderful mm-hmm. during that time.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. So, what would you um what would you say to encourage someone who's on a path and they're at a crossroads, you know, with their faith, their whether they're wanting to be more entrenched in religion or spirituality. What would be your word of encouragement to that person? I think people have to remember that God
1: doesn't require much from us. You know, uh, we have to remember that that we're on this earth for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if your pastor is telling you nothing against pastors, because I've been in the church my whole life. Um, but if your pastor's telling you that they need you to do this, that, and the other, and you're working really hard, um, you have to make sure that what you're doing is what God wants you to do and not what your pastor wants you to do. Because, uh, if the pastor's listening to God, which, you know, most of them are, they, they will send the right people to give money for the church. Mm-hmm. They will send the right people to, to run the ministries. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be that person, you know, so you have to make sure that you stay focused on God and not just working in the church. So, so that's important. You got to remember that what the church requires you to do and what God wants you to do are two different things. And what God wants you to do is usually pretty simple, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, if you're a married woman and you've got kids, then he probably wants you to take care of your kids right? Your husband. <laughs> he probably doesn't, you know. But if you're retired, you have anything to do, you probably will benefit from just being at church, all you the know, time. all the time, volunteering, right. you know. <laughs> but just, just focus on, ask God what you want, what he wants you to do, and do that. And if it's in line with what the church wants you to do, because I worked in the Bible college for six years, mm-hmm. and... Um, after work, I left, and but I didn't. My kids were gone; they were in college when I did that. Yeah. So, um, and I had to talk to women who had little babies at home and a handicapped child who was working, doing all this volunteering, and their husband lost their job. And I'm like, "You need to help your family. Yeah. You don't need to be here. You know. Right."
0: Right, no, I had my I had my share of that in the church, <laughs> and you know we've had a lot of conversations up in your chair, me sitting in your chair, <laughs> with you doing my hair, and um, I I respect your insight and your wisdom because it's it's foundational, mm-hmm. you know, um, and my my journey is I feel that I'm, I'm on a I'm on an interesting path because I know. I know whose I am. I know who I am, but I also respect others and and their 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 paths. You know, um, and we I know we we talk about it a lot, re- religion right. and spirituality and things like that. So,
1: and you know what people don't realize is there's no competition with right. God. You know, when you're in basketball and sports and everything, there's all this competition mm-hmm. and people are in sales, they're competing, but there's no competition with God. God can bless you. He can bless me. He can bless everybody. Mm-hmm. So if God tells you to do something for somebody else, then, you know, do it so that you can experience the goodness of God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and He will bless you. There, there's no competition whatsoever. Yeah, you know, and and the things like I said, the things that God asks you to do are simple.
0: That reminds me of your your little video, your cartoon that you came up with. <laughs> you can't outgive God.
1: No, you can't. You can't be God giving no matter how much you try. And that came from a vision. The reason why I even did it was because it was a vision. I was on the freeway one day, mm-hmm. just driving down the down to San Diego, and. I was like, how did I have this vision while I'm driving? You'd think I'd get in a car accident or something. You yeah. Know? But I was no, dry. the Holy Spirit kept yeah, me. Yeah. He kept me straight because I had no idea. When I came out of that vision, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on the freeway driving. How dangerous is that? Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any control over it. I was just, you know, I probably was playing gospel music or something. And maybe I was praying at home. And then I took off. And then he gave me this vision
2: mm-hmm.
1: while I was driving. Yeah. And and it just, you know, if you look at it literally, uh, it's just you know, some people might take it as oh I have to pay my tithes, but it's but what it's really saying is you can't beat God giving, right? No matter how much you give, He's gonna outgive you, right? You know, right. So um so yeah, I just it stayed on my mind for so many years that I just felt like let me just make a a little. Something to just to remember and share with other people. Maybe somebody else will be blessed by it. Mm-hmm. You know? No,
0: it's cute. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> so um, tell tell our listeners um, how they can reach you and you know what what your handles are on social media. Okay, so it's Regina's
1: Beauty Boutique. Um, dot com. That shows that just has my sister locks information mm-hmm. so if you're interested in uh sister locks just go to com, and then i'm on facebook under regina's beauty boutique as well and you can message me mm-hmm. um and then my cell phone is on my facebook it's 909-534-4918 and so that's it mm-hmm.
0: you know i i i wanted to ask you one more thing and i'll probably plug this in somewhere else um Tea and Hair Stories. Oh, okay. Are you going to revive your Tea and Hair Stories events? Or, um, you know, is there anything that you have coming up that you want for people in the area to be aware of? Um, Actually, there's nothing going on with it right now.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of fell by the wayside once we entered into COVID. Yeah. Um, I think it's a wonderful event. And, uh, I'll, you know, I'll revisit it mm-hmm. later, but, um, right now I'm not doing that right now. Um, I was doing it in the schools and as you know, cause you helped me with one of them. I did. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. We did it with the high school girls and that's what I really wanted to do. Have We called it the glam room instead of tea and hair stories, but, um, but my husband has since retired. He didn't want to go back in the classroom after COVID. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he retired and I had just gotten permission prior to COVID to uh, where the school was actually going to give us money to do the glam rooms mm-hmm. for the girls. And so it's something I would like to do.
0: Yeah, you know? Hopefully hopefully you can get back to that, you know, maybe this year or next year because yeah. I, I think that COVID is... Is about to. It's gonna be something else that's cycling the news pretty soon. <laughs> well, hopefully <laughs> it'll just be like the flu and yeah, or
1: cold or something, and and people won't be dying from it.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, that would be nice. So. We want our
0: loved ones to to live a long, that's healthy right. life. That's right. So, well, thank you so much, Regina. I, I'm You're so welcome. blessed to have you here. This was this was good. I, I feel. Really blessed that you were able to come and, and not only minister to me, but you're ministering to our listeners. Thank you for vi- inviting me. It was fun. It was my first time too, so I was nervous, but, but this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it again. Okay. Yeah. We'll, ha- we'll have to maybe um, identify like a Bible study or something. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah.
1: There's a lot. It's unlimited. There's a lot to
0: talk about yeah. that you
1: can apply to your life. I'm reading a book right now by R.C. Blakes. He's a pastor on YouTube, and it's called Queenology.
0: Oh, I've, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's something that would be great to talk to the young girls about.
0: Yeah, Queenology.
1: Queenology.
0: Okay, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have you back.
1: Okay, that'd be wonderful.
0: All right, well, thank you, Regina. You're welcome. Thanks, Marla. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode on the Metaspiritualist podcast. We hope that this episode provides you with clarity, guidance, and comfort on your spiritual path or faith walk. To dial into our frequency, be sure to follow us on Facebook at The Metaspiritualist, Twitter at Metaspirit21, and of course on Podbean, Apple, Google, the iHeartRadio app, and Listen Notes. We are now on TuneIn Radio app and on Spotify. We'd also like to invite you to visit our brand new website at www.themetaspiritualist.com. Right on the home page, you can listen to the podcast, learn more about our platform, and soon we'll be able to shop on The Spiritual Shop for all of your metaphysical and spiritual needs. You'll also find a page of our spiritual offerings if you'd like to book a session. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our newsletter. Each week, I release a new issue and share a personal perspective, an affirmation for the collective, and a hype of a friend of the Metaspiritualist. If you enjoy the content being brought to you, feel free to message us at metaspiritualist at gmail.com. Lastly, if you'd like to appear on Metaspiritual Talk, feel free to hit us up on the website or at our email address. Until next time, we hope that you are in peace, harmony, love, and abundance.